0: Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We are talking about the life that pleases God. And uh, I know some of it's a little hard. <laughs> okay. And I get that. Uh, but um, th- this is really the secret to everything. This is the secret to happiness. This is the secret to... Uh, abundance. This is the secret to joy. This is the secret to God's favor. This is the secret to all that stuff. You know, people say, well, show me how to get more this or more that. Well, this is it. You get this right and everything else will work. This was, this is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, you know, and, uh, you know, Jesus taught some tremendous things in that sermon and uh, we're not going to look at all of it because it'll take over a year to get through it, But uh, we're we're just taking a little part out of it and having you come to Bible college if you want to do that. okay? Uh, but, you know, we're just taking a little bit out of it and we're looking at it. And I'm really I have taught this in Bible college previously, but I'm I'm putting a little bit of a different spin on it as well. Um, And um, I'm trying to bring it to you in a way that you can relate to it as well Um, and maybe pick up on some things. You know, one thing I've realized is it never nothing ever comes out the same twice because God always has something new to say. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so let's begin in Matthew chapter 6, and I pray that you receive what we have for you today. Matthew chapter 6, beginning, I want to begin in verse 19, because this is where the whole thought began. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. I want you to notice that he is going to now use the word treasure over and over again. Yeah. All right? So he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Can you see that? So we're back to treasure again. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, uh, and where uh, uh, thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So Jesus is going over and over again. He's, he's, He's talking about treasure. He's saying, listen, don't have a kind of treasure that the world can get at, that the devil can get at. He's saying, you look at the kind of treasure that, you know, that's protected by God, that is kept safe in in God, so to speak, and also the kind of treasure that God blesses you with. Amen? Amen? Because he says, listen, you have to be really careful what you treasure. That's where your heart is going to be. I really love the way he uses the word treasure. You know, we, we treasure things, don't we? I, I remember a movie once that, you know, the, the, I won't go into details, but, you know, there was this something that was greatly treasured, and everybody was after it. And, you know, it was a kid's treasure. didn't realize it was a kid's treasure. And when they found it, there was a baseball mitt and, and a glove and, you know, and, and a picture, and, you know, it, that was treasure to that child. You know, people say, oh, we're we going to get to heaven and find money. No they'll find what you love. Is that what you love? We're in trouble if that's what you love. <laughs> okay? Because Jesus is going to talk to us about that today. All right? All right, continuing on. <laughs> he went on to say, we looked at these verses last week, so I'm not going to preach on them today, but I want to just share them with you because it is a thought that continues on. Jesus says in Matthew 6, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good... Your whole body will be full of light remember he's talking about the lamp of the body is the eye all right so he says now if your lamp is good okay he says if your eye is good your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad the whole body will be full of darkness isn't this incredible and he says if therefore the light that you that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness wow Again, preach on it last week. Not going to do it this week because I have so much to say this week. Yeah. Now we get to verse 24. So you've got to read all of that to hit verse 24. In fact, verse 24, it then precedes, needless to say, verse 33. Mm. That says, seek first the kingdom of God. Remember, this is all of the stuff that goes before it. You remember he's talking about treasure, treasure, treasure. Yeah. Then he's saying, watch what you look at. And now he's going go, going on to talk about something that is incredibly, oh, I don't know how to put this. This is essential to all of us that we get this. Okay, he says no one can serve two masters. I really need to get this in light of what we've just said. All right, he says no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Now, I introduced this last week. We're going to get right into it today. Why am I bringing this out? You know, family, this... (laughs) Yeah, because he wants more money. No, no, no. (laughs) Okay? Listen to me. The reason that I'm bringing this out is so that you know where to place your heart... You know what, it, what, it, what Jesus is going to mean when he says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be added to you? Right. Do you understand? You're going to understand when he says why take a thought? Why are you worrying about things? All of that comes after this. You have to get this to get that. That's right. Are you all with me? If you don't get this, then all the other stuff doesn't work. Are you getting this now? You see why this is so important? The commentators of the uh, Spirit-Filled Life Bible say that the, this, the person with the good or healthy eye is one whose intent is to serve God, not money or mammon. That's the money God, okay? The person with the bad eye is selfish covetous and miserly and then it goes on to say that this first person's life is full of light meaning and purpose while the others is plunged into darkness and deprived of meaning Mm -hmm. deprived of meaning i think that's really key a lot of people think that they find purpose in money that their purpose is i'll get as much as i can and retire what are you going to do after that Whatever you don't use, you lose. Seriously. That's right. Absolutely. And you need to understand something, that it is actually a blessing to have a purpose, to be doing something. You know, we were designed to achieve. We weren't designed to, you know, lay like broccoli or whatever it is. <laughs> Carrots, broccoli. Did I get the I got the wrong vegetable, didn't I? Anyway, you know, okay, whatever it is, we weren't designed to do nothing. We were designed to do something. That's why when we don't do anything, we get frustrated. Amen. Now there's you know, I understand about taking a break, but God didn't mean your whole life. <laughs> okay, all right. He didn't say work twenty five years, get lots of money, and then do nothing for the rest of your life. Amen. So that's the position that a lot of the scribes and Pharisees were when Jesus was, uh, walked the earth and why he was so unsympathetic towards them. They no longer trusted and served God. Instead, they had become consumed by the pursuit of wealth and were constantly looking for ways to manipulate and change God's laws to suit their own selfish desires and purposes so that they could increase their financial and social status. <gasps> How could they? Well, people are doing it today. <laughs> okay? This isn't just back when Jesus was hanging. This is right now. Churches are still doing this. And we really need to recognize this. We really need to see what's going on. Because, you know, I've heard so many comments from people that, you know, they say, yeah, I, you know, I get this. But sometimes, you know, I look at certain ministers and stuff and I just think, "Uh, you know, a little bit much. Hello? Welcome to the Pharisee. Amen. You know, you've got to be really careful with this stuff. <laughs> Therefore, the very people I've said here were chosen by God to take the light of God's word and free people with it were now being used by Satan as instruments of darkness to enslave and take from people everything they had and do it all in the name of God. That's what's so bad. Therefore, in an effort to expose this hypocrisy and make it clear that what these religious leaders were doing had absolutely nothing to do with God, Jesus now says again in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Are you getting this now? He's looking at them. I'll I'll give you a scripture to show you why I know he was talking to them. Okay, just hang for a second. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, Matthew's account goes on to something else, but go to Luke's account. Now, Luke chapter 16, verse 14. Luke 16, 14. From the New Living Translation, it says the Pharisees, listen, who dearly loved their money. Didn't say dearly loved God. (laughs) Okay? Dearly loved their money, naturally scoffed at all this. I like the New Living Translation. <laughs> it's very good. Okay, But can you believe this? Can you believe Jesus is preaching this? And they're going, oh, yeah. Seriously? Instead of going, yeah, amen, brother? <laughs> Returning to Matthew 6, 24, taking a closer look. Notice again that Jesus says, listen carefully. He says, no one can serve two masters. Then he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. No one can serve two masters. I need you to get the link now, okay? No one can serve two masters. He says you cannot serve, what are the masters? God and Mammon. He has identified who those masters are. Okay. Leon Morris writes this. He says the climax of this saying is that it is impossible to be simultaneously a slave of both God and Mammon. The word cannot is a strong term. It signifies, listen, sheer impossibility. When Jesus says you cannot, Jesus doesn't mean mostly you can't. Mostly you will be having a problem. <laughs> okay, Jesus is not talking about having kind of a, a problem. He's saying, you can't do this. You just can't, dude. You can't jump in the ocean and not get wet. You're all trying to, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, you, you jump in, you're going to get wet. You don't want to get wet, don't jump in. Oh, but I want to jump in and not be wet. You can't. Get the word can't? You, are you getting this? You can't leap off a cliff and not fall. Have massive deceleration trauma at the end, <laughs> okay? I mean, if you're going to jump, you're going to fall, Are you getting this? Okay. Some days you got to make it really clear. (laughs) Just don't get the word cannot otherwise. Okay. (laughs) Also, (laughs) the word slave is another strong term. It points to a complete devotion. Notice he says slave. Not just strongly committed, but a slave. Do you all understand the word slave? A slave basically has no will, okay? And he's saying you cannot be a slave to money and also think that you are going to serve God. Why am I saying all of this? Listen, you know, ah, pastor hates people with money. No, 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 no. Let's just stop, stop. No, no, that's not the whole deal. Remember again, Jesus is going to say, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all this stuff. Won't be taken from you like preachers preach. Oh, brother, get religion and get poor. That's <laughs> basically what their message is. All right? No, Jesus says the exact opposite. He says you go after God and everything that you desire will come to you. It will chase after you. You will have it running after you instead of you running after it. That's right. Amen. Except, the, <laughs> you know, this is one of those rare dogs that if you look at it, it will run away you got to keep your eyes forward, and there's no other little guys back there. Hello. All right. So, he says here, I'm still on Leon Morris. He says, it is possible to devote oneself wholly to the service of God, and it is possible to devote oneself wholly to the service of money, but it is not possible to devote oneself wholly to the service of both. That's what Jesus means when he says no one can completely or can belong completely to two masters, and why he goes on to say that you will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despair the other. In, in short, one will always suffer disobedience at the expense of the other. Did you get that? You know, I, mean, I, I really like that because flip it around. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you're always disobedient to mammon? It says, whoa, come on, come on, you go, no. Back, down, sit. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Because you're after God. And every time this thing tries to rise up, you just slap it down. You reject it constantly. It's really sad when it happens the other way. Oh boy. Let's move on. As to what mammon actually is, people have thought that, you know, this, this might be some Syrian demon or God or something like that. Okay, it's not. That's why it's never capitalized. All right? Um, in fact, um, in Luke 16.11, 11, I just want to show you how it's used so we know it's not talking about some God because I, I don't want you to get mixed up with this thing. <clears throat> Luke 16.11, Jesus is talking. He says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Obviously, he's not talking about a god, all right? <laughs> he says, who will commit to your trust the true riches, all right? Now, accordingly, John MacArthur says that mammon refers to earthly, material treasures, especially money. And so William MacDonald writes, either we must put God first and reject the rule of materialism, or we must live for temporal things and refuse God's claim on our lives. Now, you know, I want to stop there for a minute because this is kind of now getting to where I, what I want to talk to you about. We are talking about, you know, know, yes, it's money. But I'm talking about anything that will get a hold of you. Anything that has you as a slave. Anything that takes you away from God. Anything that presents itself higher than God. Anything that if God says, I want you to do this, and you have to think about it. Okay. Isn't it funny if it's somebody else wanting to give you something, well, God, they shouldn't be thinking so long. (laughs) Hurry up and get it over here. What took you so long? But if it's you, well, now, God, let's talk about it, shall we? Let's have several discussions. Let's make sure that we get plenty of signs and all sorts of, you know, burning bushes and, and, you know, talking donkeys. You know, Balaam, okay, and whatever else. I mean, we want all sorts of things. And if my cat doesn't go meow or bark like a dog and say something to me, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> of course, if it's the other guy, I mean, the moment they, they had the thought that they're meant to bless you, they should have done it then. What is wrong with them? did i pull a few files just letting you know just saying there we go that came back all right (laughs) second timothy chapter 4 verse 10 let's go have a look at somebody that took his eye off god second timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 this was a person that was in the ministry You know, it's really sad. I want you to listen carefully. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I want you to listen carefully to what it says. His name was Demas, all right? Or Demas, I don't know. Whatever. He says, this dude, (laughs) you know his name, okay, has deserted me. This is Paul. Listen, because he loves the things of this life, because he loves the things of this life and has uh, gone to Thessalonica. Obviously, that's where all the things were for him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what things are waiting there, but the thing is, this is what I'm talking about. I want you to see something here. That he loved the things of this life, this temporal life, this life that is passing away. And you know, pastor already shared something with me that really blessed me. Um, with regard to you know tithing and so on and so forth, you know she she shared this with me and I, it was a truth that I I'd, I'd, I'd been taught a long time ago and you know how you just tend to forget some things. I'm sorry, okay, I know, right? But uh, <laughs> you know she just reminded me of something and I thought, gosh, isn't that so true? You know when God says you know talks about tithes and offerings, He wants He wants us to do that not because He wants to take money from you, but because He wants you to break away from the world system. He wants you to join his system, and his system works a certain way. You know, just like this world system has rules and laws by which everything is governed. Did you all know that? You know, you put your money in the bank, and you get interest, or was it? You think, now, was that two cents interest? (laughs) Okay, I mean, that's how ridiculous the interest you get on your money is in this world. God says, you give me one buck, I'll give you a hundred back. I like his rate of interest a lot better. You know, but it's really sad because we don't know how to do this properly. We don't understand how to walk in it. We tend to go the other way. You're with me? Because we've been taught so much about it and so little about this. One of the things that I want to do, see, we are in a world that, that... It's not doing so well. Can I just say that? But God's system hasn't been touched by any of this. I used this example before. You are an ambassador here. And I need you to get this. I am sharing this with you, not because I want anything from you, because I want you to have everything. I want you to walk in the fullness of God's blessing. I want, listen to me, if you want to know what all this is about, let me tell you right now. You all awake? Be awake. Don't go to sleep now. Okay. <laughs> this is important. I want you to have everything that is in this earth, because while you have it, the devil doesn't. Did you get that? My job is to make sure that it ends up in your hands, that the wealth of the sinner that has been laid up for you finds its way to you, that you do all the things that you need to do in order for the thing to have the door open to come into your life. Do you all get that? Because I think a lot of times that comes and it's knocking on the door and you won't open it. What do you mean if I knew what opened open it? Oh no, you hear anything to do with give and you go, I don't know about that. <laughs> you keep the door closed. <laughs> God's, anybody there? <laughs> Who can it be now? Who can it be knocking at my door? Okay, <laughs> we go hide. <laughs> Sorry about that really bad rendition. <laughs> okay, we just, you know, we hide from the blessing. You're not hiding from God. You are hiding from the blessing. You're hiding from what God's trying to get to you. And the devil will keep pushing your buttons. He'll keep lying to you. I don't want you to, you know, can I just say this would be really sad. You get to heaven and <laughs> you look at this huge storehouse of dear God. And you go, wow, whose is that? Who's the rich dude? Read the name on the door. It's your name, silly. It's all the stuff that I had for you. You wouldn't, you would, remember he said he would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Your bank account will go, What? This is too much. Open another account. I can't manage so much. (laughs) Okay, you know, I'm making some jokes about I need you to get something. Moving on. We must never underestimate the influence that mammon can have on people. Especially money itself. And while the Apostle Paul says, I'm going to tie this back to what Jesus said. When he says in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. He says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. And pierced themselves, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. God didn't pierce them, they pierced themselves. Now let me go back to this. He says, for the love of money, you cannot serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Do you get that? You will love. See, the love is the problem. It never is the money. God wants you to have it all. I want you to have it all. I really do, family. And if you are struggling, then that is not not God's will for you. Something has gone wrong somewhere. Fix it. Amen. One of the greatest revelations that I got, please be awake now, be awake. One of the greatest revelations that I ever got was when this minister said, I know I was giving and things weren't coming back and I got upset with God and I went to God and I said, God, how come I gave? You said in your word that give and it shall be given to you. That There was a 30, 60, 100 fold return on all of this stuff. Where is it? He said, I sent it. He said, what? He said, I sent it. I'm not slow on this end. So he said, oh, where is it? (laughs) He said, the devil's holding it up. And he got the greatest revelation that he was complaining to the wrong person. And he turned around, listen, and he said, Satan, I bind you. You take your hands off my money and you let it go. And guess what happened? The drain got unblocked. (laughs) And all the stuff that was building up, you can see the pipe bulging. Just went whooshing through. And he said ever since that day, that's all. He's, he's never gone to God and said, where is it? Because he knows that God said, if you give, it will be given. There's no question about that. Press down, shake it together, running over, it will be given back to you. People will get it to you. So if that's a guarantee, then it means that something along the way has stopped it. It's got your name on it. That's why, family, you need to learn. This is why you come to church, okay? Not so you can sit and get a little sermonette. I got my religion for this week. Let's go. Better not. <laughs> okay? I want to help you guys. I want you to come here. I want you to learn something. I want you to go back armed. Next time the devil tries to do something to you, you just take his head off. Amen. You need to do this because as much as I can pray, there's still six more days in the week. You need to do this. You are a king and priest before God. Do you hear that? It was a bad thing that the the ministry did when they separated people from them and said, We're the priests. Blessed be the priest. And you, peasant. Peasant. Anything you want from God, you have to come to me. I take all the major credit cards. Seriously, that's why. (laughs) Okay, That was never meant to be the case. What was meant to be taught is you are a king and a priest. You can go to God. You have authority. You bind the devil and you tell him to take his hands off your money and he will do that. And you will see a miracle come into your life. You can do that. And you have to do that. Don't let him rob you. The thief comes to steal, and he has been stealing from you. Don't let him. Don't love that stuff. Amen? Let's finish this off. In his commentary, Leon Morris writes, the service of God is no part-time affair. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> the service of God is no part-time hard time affair, but something that calls for one's fullest devotion. Since money tends to draw people away from God, Jesus warns about it. Now this is Leon Morris, okay? Listen, it's not me. It is no sin to have money, but it is sin to serve, be a slave to money. This isn't evangelical. This is a okay mainstream person. It's not some weird doctrine. (laughs) In short, God has no issues with us being rich. However, he does have an issue with us being covetous. Amen. Leon Morris, quoting Calvin, he writes, It is not impossible for men who are rich to serve God. But whoever hands himself over as a slave to riches must leave the service of God. Since greed always engages us in bondage to the devil. Isn't that incredible? I really like that. Since greed always engages us in bondage to the devil. This is what I'm trying to do is free you from that right now. If, If you need that freeing. I'm believing that all of you have the right heart and the right motive. What I'm doing more than anything else to you guys is giving you some warnings, giving you some things that if you see you know, little red flags, I want you to have plenty of them around. Okay, if something starts to draw you away, I want you to stick a flag on that and go, mm, I have identified you. Do you hear me? It all starts up here. If you can arrest the thought before it starts to take root and become a problem in your heart, you won't have a problem to uproot. There won't be a tree there because you threw away the seed. Hallelujah. This is a seed you want to throw away. You'd like the the, the seed of God's word, but this stuff you want to get rid of. Amen? The Apostle Paul was free from this bondage and wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, he says, I know, listen carefully, listen carefully, okay, because verse 13 follows, all right? Duh. You'll get what I mean in a minute, okay? This is Philippians 4, 12. I know how to be a base, to be in need. I know how to abound, that's to have plenty. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. You know, he's going, it's whatever, Watch, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He never let money get in the way of what he was called to do. Amen? So here's a scripture that's original purpose was to help us overcome. The one great enemy that, dir- that directly opposes God, and that is mammon. Do you understand that? Jesus said, You can't serve, you cannot serve God and money. Do you see where this thing sits now? Why it is such a powerful thing, and why the devil uses it to draw people in and ruin them, really. I love, and we're gonna finish with this. I love the Full Life Study Bible. It just brilliantly summarizes all of it. It says that Jesus states unequivocally that one cannot at the same time serve God and money. To serve money, listen, is to place such a high value on it that we, first of all, place our trust and faith in it. Listen carefully. We place our trust and faith in it. Number two. We look to it For our ultimate security and happiness. Faith and trust, security and happiness. Number three, we expect it to guarantee our future. How many have heard that one? If I could just get this much money in the bank, I'll be good for life. And over time, oh, excuse me. And finally, we desire it more than we desire God's righteousness and kingdom. Ooh, that's why Jesus is going to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Did you get that? And I've said over time, the accumulation of wealth soon dominates our mind and life to such a degree that God's glory will no longer be first. I think that's incredible. Family, can I just say this? Can I turn all that around? I want to leave you on a high. When you break away from this world system, when you identify it for what it is, run by your enemy, designed to take from you, not give, and you turn your eyes to God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to do things your way. I'm going to trust you. See, this is all about trust, isn't it? Whenever we give our finances, we are trusting. Do you know you won't give something up such as money, unless you trust. Are you all with me? And this is all about trust. That's why he's going to talk about, in verses 31, 32, you know, don't worry about your life. Trust God. Because you're not trusting money anymore, you can now turn your heart and turn your eyes to God and trust Him and begin to search after all the things that are important to Him. And can I say this? God doesn't have a small destiny for you. Look, everybody has a different place. Wherever you are, you're not meant to struggle. If you are struggling, that's not God's will. God's will is to bless you, God's will is to empower you. God's will is to prosper you. God's will is to get you to a place that listen. Because everybody goes, Oh, it's one that prosperity Peter. Hush. God's will is to get you to a place. That you can be a blessing. That you can start pulling down things that the devil says, Whoa, I set that one up really well. And you just come with your bowling ball and knock it all down. Amen. Wouldn't you love to do that? Seriously. You know, I think we've forgotten what that feels like. We've forgotten what it feels like to help someone. Not to be seen, not to be recognized, just to be God's hand. And say to them, what the devil tried to do, <laughs> it just dropped dead right now. Whatever problem you thought you had doesn't exist anymore. God has come through. That's why all of these things will be added unto you. Amen? So that you can be a blessing to others. Can I get amen on that? Don't love the wrong thing. If you love money, it will ruin you. If you love God, you'll have more money than you know what to do with. That's what I'm going to say. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. And then be led by the Spirit with what you do with it. (laughs) It's not for you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you, Father, that we take the word's That came from Jesus' lips. Seriously. When he said you can't serve God and money, we take that to heart, Lord. When he said wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Well, we want our treasure to be God. And that's where we'll find our heart. In God. And I thank you, Father, that each person here treasures you treasures your kingdom treasures what's important to you treasures following after your will hallelujah and he's blessed for it in Jesus name amen